I feel like you should be uh, putting a clip of uh, I Need a Hero or uh, at the no. beginning of the podcast. Did you not listen to last week's? It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And despite Mike making this the longest intro in the history of <laughs> intros, uh, this week we're going to talk uh, getting, about getting some flashy photos. Uh, wink, wink. <laughs> That's the sound of my flash, Chris. uh, Okay, (laughs) sounds good. Wednesdays are the new Fridays, and you'll find out why later in the episode. Whoa, Wednesday's the new Fridays. October's the new January. I'm so confused. When is is Morbius supposed to come out? I don't know. It'll be on a Tuesday now. It'll be on a Tuesday. It'll be February, and it'll be on a leap day. You'll never see it coming. Yeah, that's fine. We'll talk about that. Uh, (laughs) We're also going to talk about why Batman and Catwoman are in the news. Oh my god! I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize we we're going to be talking about that. This oh week, yeah, but, it's going to um, be just because it just is in the zeitgeist. So I think a lot of people <laughs> need to be explained why this is going on. So. Oh, it was in the zeitgeist for so long too. Yeah. It just kind of felt like every day some new verified person on the internet just kept the ball rolling. And yeah. it ebbed and flowed with me. I had I had fun times with it, and then I got tired of it very quickly. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure I told you at one point. I'm like, if I had a nickel for every time someone's brought this up this week to me, oh, I, yeah. I'd be a it's rich like man. You, I was like, it's Ugh. it's just like if you know me well enough, you know I'm online. You know I've seen this already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, this is exactly what I get. And I, I make my news every week, and uh, <laughs> it was there very much. They're every... just trying to help, Chris. They're just trying to help. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, this week it's been a week, Mike. Uh, happy Father! Uh, yeah, we're recording. So, Happy Father's Day to any fathers out there who happen to be listening to the show. Um, yeah, you got any hot nerdy dads out there listening to the show? Send yeah. us your hot dad energy. Yeah, exactly. uh, it's just gonna it's gonna um, osmosis through the microphone and make us hotter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's um. I, w- I told Mike today. I. Uh, treated myself to a new pressure washer this week so I was that outdoor is the, pressure washing. i mean you're basically uh you're basically uh shaking your fist at fate right now getting yeah. a using a pressure washer on father's day like mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a bun in the oven any minute now for yeah you. yeah well I, I like to think i'm a pretty good cat dad right Every, everyone that's <laughs> it's my cats that were in enjoying yeah. did me. they get did you get did they get you like a nice dead mole or bird did they bring that to you uh, uh, no. for your father's day they, they they don't go outside they are lazy as hell so um <laughs> one of them one of them uh, who who doesn't normally sit on my lap, uh, sat on my lap and, and, and needed the dough, if you will, made some biscuits. And I was like, oh, that's very nice. So, so I there you go. That, that's your father's day. Yeah, day. I had a pretty, pretty good time with that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, also the other thing is I, I bought me some 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 New Balance sneakers. <laughs> really? So, yeah, 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 really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my white New Balances. I'm like, I'm like, I'm putting out the vibe. I'm out there uh, letting people know. I'm pre- hey, I didn't wait. The New Balance 574s uh, look pretty dope. I've never owned a pair because they, they look kind of narrow. and My feet don't do too well in super narrow shoes, uh, but they, they're they a pretty cool-looking shoe. Not all New Balances people out there are mm. like straight-up dad shoes. The right. same reason why if you go to JCPenney and you look at their shoe section, if you if that's the only way you had, on, you had only ever seen a Reebok or a Nike, you'd be like, oh, every shoe is a dad shoe if you go into a department store, but you realize these are just offshoots that they 
they make. So just the there's a there's a there's a New Balance out there for everybody. I don't know why I'm why I'm shelling for New Balance. It's not like they sponsor the show, but no, I guess I'm don't. just defending myself in the future when I eventually get my own. It's true. It's true. New Balances aren't just the white dad grilling shoes that that everyone thinks of. Uh, you know, <laughs> those are the best ones. No, kidding. So, um, yeah, so happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Um, we're recording this later on a Sunday, so uh, this is uh, just one of those days. It's been uh, – hopefully yeah, everyone's dad, doing fine. The well, dads took say, priority earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully also everyone's not being, you know, uh, cooked alive as the heat wave sweeps across the country no matter where you <laughs> are. So hopefully you guys are doing fine. I saw it was like 117 in like hey, the middle cr- of the – Chris. Uses. Come on, man. You got to think globally. We got fans in Australia. I think it's winter over there now, isn't yeah, it? That's fine. like so weird to think about, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the middle the middle of winter. Like isn't t- today or tomorrow like exactly the day of summer or something like See, that? See, there so. are there are Australia's already on Monday. They're probably watching a Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. trailer and we don't yep. even know about it yet. Yeah, they got they got stuff we don't even know about yet. They're in the future. They're on Prime Day. And we're not uh-huh. yet. That's what matters. To tomorrow's Prime Day. So uh, drop in, Mike. Tell me what you've been watching this week. I got nothing on that list uh, that I can think of. You're a busy man, still well, trying to move into a home. I'm, okay. I've been watching. Um, again, we, we at the end of the episode, we will always talk about Loki, so the newest Loki. Mm-hmm. But I've also been watching The Bad Batch, which Mike has not. So I don't bring it up, but I've watched it every week, every <laughs> every week. We'll so. get over. We'll get around to it. It's on. Mm-hmm. It's on the schedule, if you will. But uh, uh, two things over here on Netflix that I would recommend checking out. Uh, first one. Don't have to watch any of the other previous seasons. It's Alone, season seven. Finally returned with a new season. This was this was me and my wife's kind of comfort show during the pandemic. We binged every season uh, that because it's like spread across multiple streaming services. There's some on Amazon Prime. There's some on Hulu. There's a couple seasons on Netflix. But the most recent season that is now streaming is on Netflix. And that's just a it's just a fun, crazy, intense survival show that's like very very survival focused. There's not a lot of gimmicks mix really if any at all it's just all about surviving uh just out alone by yourself and it gets pretty intense for a show where just like you know it's a bunch of survival experts filming themselves kind of like survivor man less stroud uh, style so alone season seven go check it out if you need to feel like you are out in the wilderness but you're an inside cat like a uh, chris and i mm. profuse on the show all the time uh next up a new one on netflix as well is a new season of the show working moms which is a canadian show uh out of i think ontario uh, no toronto maybe i don't know i've never i don't really go to canada i don't know how it's laid out but it's a canadian show that's pr- that's pretty funny it's a funny sitcom i, I just like it because it gets a uh, raunchy but not like in a cheesy way of just like oh look at us we're moms and we're bad so it's like the opposite of bad moms it's actually kind of like smart and funny and clever uh, but they're like up to season five on that show now. So if you just kind of need a fun sitcom to crank through, uh, go check out uh, Working Moms on Netflix. And then the last thing, which I've been to- told not to uh, not to uh, pull back the veil, is I also uh, watched Luca this weekend for free on Disney Plus. No thirty dollar premium charge here. It just you're just a click away if you already have Disney Plus for uh, Luca Pixar's next installment. But Chris has not watched it yet, yes. so I will uh, hold back my opinions. And if we can remember, uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit at the top of next week's show. Yes, I will. We will watch it tomorrow. We um. One of the uh, the other things uh, I got this my theater seats are in like uh, I sent, sent a photo to you so we uh, that's gonna be like the first movie oh, yeah. we yeah to, watch to be those. clear not uh, not you bought tickets for theater seats uh, you no, no. physically bought the seats and now they reside in your home yes I bought my, I bought my own 
theater seats. Uh, upgrade from my last one, and I'm very, very excited to um, kind of get into those and, and actually watch Luca as the first movie because we've not got to watch anything yet on it. So they came in like the middle of the day Thursday. So um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get everything else around the house. So yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. So we'll talk about Luca next week for sure. All right. Um, the other thing uh, we want to drop at the top of the show is E3, Mike, the part two. The other days we didn't get to talk mm-hmm. about, Monday and Tuesday. And um, normally we wouldn't do this, but guess what Tuesday was? Nintendo. That was Nintendo. Exactly. And Nintendo always comes in hard with some of their some of their games. They, they dropped in some unsurprising ones like a Mario Party Superstars, which is a Nintendo 64 remake. They brought in a, a, some sort of Warrior WarioWare game, I believe, as well, mm-hmm. uh, like another mini uh, party game. But I think one of the ones you are pretty psyched about, right? Even though you don't own a Switch, is the new Zelda game, Breath of the Wild Two, coming out. Oh yeah, next I think year. I think everybody who kind of just has a, a a certain threshold of nerdiness that they cross, whether they play video games or not, you know, keeps an eye on Zelda, right? It's one of those huge, big fantasy mm-hmm. franchises. You know, it's it's the same thing of people that don't really. Uh, if they're not super invested in Lord of the Rings, they're still keeping up on the Lord of the Rings news, right? Because yeah. it's just in the zeitgeist. I, you know, we all have tons of friends that like play these games. So yeah, I was keeping an eye on that. I was a little disappointed though because since I don't have a Switch and I'm not invested and I haven't played the game, all I have is just a fun trailer to watch, right? That's all I. That's the only enjoyment I get out of the Zelda franchise right now, and they did not deliver anything up no. to my standards which honestly they don't have to because i'm not buying it right but they they gave the teasiness of the teasiness like i felt like the last time they talked about breath of the wild 2 right they hyped up this idea that zelda might be some sort of playable counterpart you know in some aspect that you know they showed around the screen possibly uh, cooperating with link in some way and I don't think they showed even a lick of that possibly in this trailer. Just now there's like the sky has been unlocked. I think that's kind of the way that they're going. This is one of those interesting things um, for, for Nintendo. They usually don't release a game unless it's like got a a pretty solid release date, right? They don't really Mm -hmm. tease you too much. Uh, But the one thing that didn't come out of this was the new hardware for Nintendo. The Nintendo Mm -hmm. switch pro wasn't announced. However, would that not be the awesome thing for them to do next year is announce their hardware and it launches on the same day as Zelda 2. Yeah, uh, I mean, Wild. that would be smart. <laughs> yeah, so like, oh, you can get everything. And I think there's going to be, they didn't announce it, but I think it'll also get a Mario Kart next year as well. But um, I, I've not played, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've not played Breath of the Wild. I do own, we have, actually own two Switches in our house. Um, we got the Mario version. And then uh, one of the first games I ever got for mine was, uh, I was with you in California. Uh the, oh, the, Marvel, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance, top, Ultimate yeah, Alliance, top, yeah, yeah top down game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we got that, and uh, then you know, Pokemon's coming up and all that other fun stuff. So, um, Breath of the Wild two uh, now. So, I'm, so that's kind of got me a little hyped. I'm like, maybe I can go play the first one now. I can, I can, I can dive into mm. that. Now, the, uh, this next game, I, I think I, I don't know if I ever talked to you, but I talked to you about a lot. Is Advanced Wars? Have you ever heard of or played the Advanced yeah, Wars games? Yeah, th- this one, this one touched uh, a little bit on my nostalgia. This was probably one of the first kind of turn-based map style games I've ever played back in the day on my Game Boy Advance and this is the one that they're remaking right this is the one I literally played (laughs) yes so Advance Wars 1 and Advance Wars 2 were like some of the um the top tier I think for me Game Boy Advance games you could have uh you turn-based you pick like um you have uh army units and they are better or worse against other armies right the ground is good against 
um, air, air is going to against vehicles, vehicles are going against ground, kind of thing. Like you rock, paper, scissors it. Yeah. And, if I if I remember correctly, this is like the exact same style of gameplay of like Fire Emblem. Like I didn't yeah. get very deep into the Fire Fire Emblem franchise, it, but it's like same sec, fi- same gameplay, except it's, no people on horses is people in tanks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and like yeah, it's a similar uh, turn based strategy as like Final Fantasy Tactics kind of game. Yeah. So, exactly. Um. So very very excited for this one and two remakes, upgraded uh, visuals, upgraded gameplay, right to the switch. Uh, all in one pack. I, I think this, like, everyone was like, why are you excited about this? I'm like, unless you've played those original games, I think that's, you know, we're from that era. Like, mm-hmm. Advanced Wars were, like, perfect to pass the time. And, yeah. like, it was still, like, really fun. And you felt, like, rewarded for, like, outsmarting and outmaneuvering your opponent. Uh, I could taste kind of the, the Mountain Dew on yeah. my lips when I watched it because that's exactly the type of thing I would have been drinking when I was playing this game as a kid. Yeah, exactly. And and then uh, I think that's the first game that kind of introduced me to the idea of fog of war in a game. Um, I know like uh, World of Warcraft had it back then, but I didn't I didn't own that myself. But like you couldn't see the map, so you had to like mm. make guesses of where your enemies were coming from and attacking from. So uh, I'm really excited for that um, that one. And this last one I just added because I forgot the trailer. Cruising Blast is coming to Switch. Mike, are you familiar with the Cruising I have, franchise? I have no idea. Is that is that a racing? Is that yeah the, the car ra- the, the car racing game in the arcades uh, that was like there's Cruising USA, Cruising mm. World, Cruising. Um, there's a couple other Cruising ones. It's similar to like the Rush games a little bit. Don't uh, talk to me until they bring back Wave Race. People are tired of cars. They want to go back to racing on jet skis. A simpler time. Look, I so <laughs> will you meet me in the middle and go Hydro Thunder? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That's a great middle. Okay. Great. We'll we'll meet in the middle and do the next Hydro Thunder. Uh, for, for only- Man, I you could not control those boats to save your <laughs> life. They ch- the the intensity on those boats was like when a programmer goes into their settings and cranks it all the way to like insane, and they win mm-hmm. like a million dollars at a tournament. But like that's the base for turning a boat in that game. Yeah. Well, my favorite was in the arcade. You had to like to to do the the jumps. Uh, you had to like pull the throttle all the way back to zero and then push it all the way to the, so like you're over there like slamming it down and back up every time you wanted to jump so i was that's like how you bring the that's how you bring the thunder man that's that's exactly how you drive a boat <laughs> in real life mike that's a, the hydro thunder but so uh the cruising blast um you know came out if you're familiar with the cruising games i dumped tons of quarters uh at our local um we had a little restaurant down the down the road from my, my parents growing up that they actually individually bought that restaurant later but they didn't have the arcade at that point um literally playing cruising games till I was out of quarters. So um, very excited for that. Is there any other things that stuck out to you there, um, Mike, for the Nintendo? God, that- I, I mean, I'm trying to remember. It always feels like something's missing, right, mm-hmm. when all three of them don't show up. You know, uh, PlayStation was the big missing factor. But yeah. also I have this strong feeling of even if PlayStation was there, nobody can go buy these next-gen consoles, right? Like, you were mm-hmm. lucky enough to get your uh, your Xbox, right? But I want a PlayStation 5. I, I have the money, right? I yeah. can't get it. It's not in a store. I can't walk in. I can't even go online and order it. You have to just be lucky, and it's trending one day on Twitter, and you click that link before uh, everyone else gets to them. So who knows when I'm even going to be able to jump into the next generation 
But it's like a problem everywhere, right? There's like microchip yeah. shortages. They can't build them super fast. And you're seeing a lot of these like next gen games being announced. And they say like, oh, but don't worry, it'll also be on PS4. But, you know, we're starting to get that distance between us from when these consoles came out. So it feels like that, like, oh, I don't think this game normally would have also been on the PlayStation 4. Mm. I think they just kind of well, have to make a port for it that, at this point in time. That, I, I, I also lean the other way. Like, you know, a lot of developers did go work at home last year. So I think they're a little behind. I think it probably would have been on yeah. both for a little no, bit. No, yeah, obviously there's plenty of good reasons. But, you know, I yeah. have a podcast, so I'm going to complain, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. I mean, I, I get you. I mean, I, I wish... Uh, I know. Um, I think Superfan Jim said he got a PlayStation Five uh, this weekend. He, he, uh-huh. said, he said that over to me. So I know that you have to be actively very much looking for it to get one if you want to get one and be be on top of it. And that that, that kind of sucks because uh, I was looking at you know going through Microsoft's E3 and a lot of them are you know uh, next gen optimized. You can play them on the last one, but they are they're next gen optimized, which is yeah. which is what you want for for you know 2021 when you're gaming. So. Hopefully, hopefully we can find something soon. Yeah, if anyone else says anything, there was a Metroid game announced, but it's like a 2D uh, Metroid oh, game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some big Metroid fans that are really into that, but I feel like there's a subsect of people that are like, where's my next uh, first-person shooter one, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where, where did that go? Uh, I, I mean, again, I, I'm excited for Mario Golf this week, but I really wanted a new Mario Kart. Like, we've been playing Mario Kart 8 since, like, 2013, 2014. I'm like... Can we get like a new one, please? I think I wanna, I wanna do that and, and play it online. So, knock on wood. But that's our E3 recap. We finally got through it. Uh, we got through that, so uh, we can actually jump in to the superhero news. That's what we're here for. And we're gonna jump in with the Flash. We got some our on-set photos, right? Filming photos. And uh, the first one here is a grouping uh, on t- from Twitter um, showing. Uh, is her name Sasha K- Kelly? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, let's just say Callie. C A L L E. L L E. Yeah, Callie. Callie. So if you scroll down, the fourth image shows her uh, in her Supergirl outfit, uh, in a harness, uh, flying around. And um, Mike sent this first photo to me, I believe, and uh, I, it looks ugly. I, I I apologize. I, this it's not this girl's fault. It is not her problem. But man, anyone in a harness just looks very uncomfortable, and like, <laughs> like bunched up, don't they? Like when they're yeah, floating yeah, around. If, in it. Yeah, if you don't remember, but this is a very very good reason to uh, subscribe and listen to the Superhero Site podcast because we've been at this for a bit now, right? Of the first costume reveal of the Black Panther in yeah. Civil War yes. was a harnessed suit, and it looks like. It looks exactly like this, really weird and wrinkly and, like, kind of hiked up in odd spots. So uh, when when I saw the picture, you know, you got to kind of put it through a mental filter, right? But if I'm looking at kind of, like, the aesthetics of the suit, you know, I think it looks pretty cool, right? Uh, It looks looks exactly like it would have come off of, like, the Henry Cavill, like, spaceship that fell, right? Uh, The only thing that's kind of odd is the... um, is the weird ab inlay, right? Yeah. Uh, like every superhero suit has like fake abs on it, right? Because no human being on the planet is shredded enough for the abs to poke through human fibers, right? That we can make, right? But these kind of like fake abs look weird. They they almost have like this like odd. Ridges. Yeah, they like you know uh, like the an ab muscle has like a, a volume to it. This, these almost look like kind of like little lines that are put in there. So yeah. who knows? Maybe it could be part of the harness. I don't know. I, yeah. I won't. I won't judge it, will, it too harshly it, past that. It will probably be taken out by the time they get to the actual movie, or yeah. at least look better. So what's cool about, uh, about this one is uh, this is actually the Supergirl suit from the Injustice comic book series mm-hmm. uh, because she has the the red and yellow S, and her top is 
the top of her shoulders is kind of red, kind of like a Spider-Man, like the Miles suit is. Mm-hmm. But there's no red below, um, like below the bust on on it. So um, it's very interesting that they took the Injustice design for this Supergirl. So I don't know. Um, again, we know the Flash is kind of going around in several places. What universe is this in? Yeah, Where, that's what I was. At? Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Right. So in these same photos, this seems to be uh, they're shooting on some sort of steps of like a city hall maybe a courthouse or, or something like that. Like they're out there in the city. And we know that this version of Michael Keaton's Batman is supposed to be from kind of this, um, oh, oh God, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, the, the, the guy who made the, the Batman movie that he was in. Uh, Tim Burton? Tim Burton, that's right. I, was, I ch- kept wanting to say Bruce, but no, it was Tim. Uh, yeah, Tim Burton. So this is supposed to be Tim Burton's kind of Batman universe, right? So if this is where they are, uh, this Supergirl outfit does not scream to me Tim Burton universe, right? Okay. Now, I'm not saying it has to be crazy and trippy like a lot of Tim Burton art, right? But this very much feels like a Zack Snyder costume. Yeah. But we also know that this is supposed to be jumping universes, so he could be maybe taking Michael Keaton with him along a couple different places. Maybe he's in a different universe. Maybe the universe has have fractured a little bit, and maybe Supergirl's jumping over from another world or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But um, overall, from what we are visually seeing here, I think it looks fine. I yeah, think, I, I, I have no, it, I have no problems. Yeah, I mean, give give credit where credit's due. DC does a good job with their costuming, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing on there looks like, oh my god, that's offensive. They do great jobs with their costumes, and I think this is just another knockout of the park here. Now, I want to go and let's jump to the bottom one. Uh, mm-hmm. Kiersey Clemens, uh, who was only in the Zack Snyder version of Justice League, is returning as Iris West here in some set photos. Now, what's interesting here is the first photo shows Iris West and um, Barry Allen, like walking down, looks like what, some sort of courtroom steps, mm-hmm. possibly. Uh, but the second one shows um, the the actor who plays Barry Allen, um, what's his name? Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Very much not looking like the Flash that we know. Um like, he looks, I don't know, like, maybe a different universe version of Barry Allen uh, could be. Um, he, he doesn't, he's not wearing, again, it's not because he's wearing this this business suit, but his haircut looks kind of weird, if, if you will, compared to the other ones. So, do you think that maybe we might come across to other Flashes as well in this universe, or just the one, follow the one as he pops around to different places? Yeah, that's a whole other narrative thing that, like, uh, comic book authors uh, can do with multiverses, right? Or even, you know, movie authors as well, right? So if you're in a multiverse, are you trying to tell me this is a mere image of our universe, but, you know, people's lives just went down a different direction, right? Or are you saying this is a totally different instance of, of, you know, life and Earth totally evolved in a different way? And they play with it really however works the best for the story, right? They, they, They did this a lot in some of the earlier seasons of the flash when they started a jumping worlds on the tv version the cw's uh flash so they would go to like a different earth and like oh a different person would be the flash but barry allen would still be there but you know he just he's not super powered he just like sells coffee or something like that so it's really however you want to play it so yeah who knows this could be a different ezra miller um yeah, well, and also Ezra Miller did appear in the TV show The Flash on uh, the end of the mm-hmm. Crisis on Infinite Earths, indicating, yes, there are different Barry Allen. So uh, it could be that. It could also be, you know, a regular one. Um, one of the third photo down on that, that Twitter link, Mike, shows uh, Barry saying there he's got a ring on his finger. And in the comic books, his ring or his suit comes out of the ring on his finger. 
uh, his his speedster suit, which is a really interesting idea, uh, very dated comic book idea. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is the weirdest, con- it is the strangest concept, right? Of just yeah. like he needs to hide his suit somewhere. Let's hide it in a ring. And like I feel like the the most logical route we've ever gotten to of a costume kind of being thrown on you was when Iron Man had all of those nanobots on him, mm-hmm. on like in an on screen version, right? But yeah. in reality, like he's so fast, he could just have the suit in like a backpack within five square miles right yeah. he could just run and put it on real quick and come back so i've always thought the the suit in the ring was always like kind of goofy but it's like this legacy idea yeah. and really it only ever pops up you know when it's you know just kind of fun yeah it's always i mean that's the the dc problem right superman always had to go to a phone booth uh, to change his outfit and so on and uh, so forth so yeah uh, they, they, they they solved it with the flash but this ring and being so fast he could put it on really quick now, the middle photo here is probably the most interesting. I think most people are blowing up today about this one. It's hot off the presses, Mike, as we as we said earlier. Uh, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne here. Uh, he has got his classic Batman 89 hair back back in action here. Like he is wearing uh-huh. it, rocking it with the, 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 the widow's peak is up and back, feathered back. Now, I've been reading that this is from the final scene of the flash indicating that again um this bruce wayne will be in fact in the dc prime cinematic universe and this is him kind of taking that role uh, look here. at the crowd look at the extras does anybody look like they may or may not be called terry mcginnis because this might be where the batman beyond character comes yeah. out of the crowd and shakes hands with michael keaton i don't know keep keep an eye out for anybody i'm guessing terry mcginnis has irish roots so does anyone look irish in this yeah. i don't know they could change but, the cast i hope <laughs> i hope they don't do a what was that a batman be uh no the dark knight returns uh situ- or dark knight rises situation oh mm-hmm. this isn't your real name your real name's robin oh <laughs> okay <laughs> oh your real name's terry mcginnis oh. yeah. but um yeah so i mean this is cool seeing michael keaton return to a role he hasn't been since 1991 30 years ago so um and he's so he's he's doing double duties right he's being um the the vulture adrian tombs and spider-man and the sony Mm. universe now and then also dipping his toes back into dc man this guy is living the superhero dream over there cashing those checks remember when he was mr mom was it mr (laughs) uh multiplicity you know he was he was on multiplicity yep he was on downturn so that's really cool uh i did have a photo here mike i lost it um uh, it was they have the Batmobile uh, or the the Bat car that that Bruce Wayne was driving uh, somewhere. Uh, if I find, it, I'll put it back in here. We can talk about it. But it looks like I've lost the link to it. But they are showing a very very long car um, <laughs> uh, on set while they're filming all this stuff going on right now, which is which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, this, I, this we always say don't take back or behind the scenes photos like take them with a grain of salt. But like it's always fun to see them still, right? Like you know, like you're. It's it's great to to see that kind of stuff, and kind uh, of get a little preview. Here it is, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it in here. Everyone can go to our show notes because you listen to me find these live on the, <laughs> the thing. So this is like his car at the end of this movie. Like look at how long oh, yeah. this now, car is. Okay, so now this is actually important though, right? Because this does scream Tim Burton all yes. over it, right? The long, exaggerated lines, kind of this nostalgia of like a, a Art Deco and uh, the 1950s and i feel that very much all over this car right so now this is making me thinking like okay i could see michael keaton like being carried to other universes with barry allen but like he's not gonna bring his car with him right 
So I, I so I guess I just kind of have to square the idea of this super girl uh, costume fitting within kind of like uh, that universe. But, you know, at the same time, logically, you know, whether it's a different universe from the one we're familiar with, it's still going to evolve with time. So I guess you do kind of have this production designers kind of um, problem solving task of like, let's look at Tim Burton's Batman from back in the day. Now, how would it have evolved over the decades, right? Everyone's aesthetic evolves, you know, no matter what universe that you're in. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, yeah. Everything so far looks cool, though. Uh, everything makes me uh, excited to see a DC movie, which doesn't happen often, right? Yeah, exactly. I, and the other thing is, uh, again, most people, just so people, this is Supergirl, not Superwoman. Uh, Superwoman's a different character, the blonde one. But Supergirl could technically be in the mainline. Maybe she's a she's a causality of Barry Allen going to different universes and merging these together. The <laughs> she's end. a timekeeper, Chris. That's what it sounds like. She's yeah. protecting the multiverses. Yeah. That or she's Henry Cavill's replacement. One of the one of the two. <laughs> Whichever one you want to go with. Um so yeah, we'll move along, move along. Aquaman two, this was actually the other week. I, I forgot to put this in the notes and I've been meaning to put it back in. The sequel for Aquaman two has been titled Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Alright. Um sounds pretty fair right so it sounds like there's going to be a another tribe of underwater people we're going to come across that are probably either very technologically advanced or possibly savages but with a big army so i i think the the best visual experience for me in an aquaman movie is something that takes place above water and below water in equal parts right last time we reviewed aquaman i kind of talked about how after you know so many hours it's just like the underwater just kind of gets boring right you know everything kind of you know physically has to look a little bit murky because only so much light gets down there and everything's like flowy and stuff and you're just kind of like i don't really feel very grounded because i'm not a fish person but it would be kind of cool if this lost kingdom whatever it is is maybe it's like a land-based kingdom with lots of water that aquaman can still play in maybe the middle of the earth is hollow and and (laughs) oh god brendan frazier's down there with a dinosaur yeah exactly so uh or was it the rock didn't he have one journey to the center of the earth as well i feel like everybody have one didn't um uh didn't will ferrell also have one too oh yeah everyone goes to the center of the everyone's going to the center of the earth at some point didn't didn't um indiana jones where was kingdom of the crystal skull was that inside the earth or was that just kind of in a weird like lost jungle that for some reason our satellites have never seen before i don't know well i guess they didn't really have satellites i I always i forget what decade he's supposed to be living in nowadays right it was like the 60s in that one i think yeah because it was after the uh, world war nazis does that mean does does that mean uh uh his character has aged up enough now that he's gonna have to deal with like i don't know like 90s hit clips you know is that gonna be where his next clue is he's got to go into a walmart and buy a hit clip or something I no, no, it, it, they, they, they talked about it. I think it's like maybe the 70s, possibly the 80s at the latest for him. Oh, so, okay. Sadly. Gotcha. But um, yeah, so this film still coming out December 16, 2022, um, which is seems pretty soon. Uh, this movie isn't filming yet. Uh, I know Amber Heard just posted a letter saying, welcome back to the crew. So uh, they better be filming this pretty quick and getting a turnaround. But don't be surprised if Aquaman and the Last Kingdom, Lost Kingdom gets delayed uh, for for not meeting some of his deadlines coming up here sooner than later. So the suicide squad, James Gunn is a social media addict. He loves being on there. He loves answering questions. He loves shooting down trolls Uh, (laughs) so much. He got fired from Disney rehired, uh, but he got to do the suicide squad in between. This movie is two hours and 12 minutes confirmed by him this weekend as well. So um, seems about pretty standard movie, right? 
action good film. run time not like, too long not too short i like it seems uh seems pretty good it's not four hours and i'm happy about that <laughs> uh the also he did confirm there is a post credit scene and, yes and he is very adamant that people go and watch the movie and not just the post credit scene he's like there's more to this than just a post credit scene uh so um that's that's I, I think do you think it'll tie into something bigger or do you think it'll just be something fun like a? It, it, I mean it could tie in I mean it could either be either way right you know J- James Gunn's a very a playful uh, filmmaker but also he does have Peacemaker coming out and I yeah. would assume he knew you know how those two would delve into each other so maybe the post credit scene will be for Peacemaker that actually would be the first time we had ever seen a movie post credit scene lean to a TV show because it's not like we've seen a Marvel movie like hint at one of these Disney Plus shows, right? So that'd be yeah. kind of cool. That might be a first. Yeah. Um, well, the other only thing I see with that is, um, and just for a uh, Peacemaker is a prequel to this one. So um, maybe still could happen, but um, mm-hmm. but it isn't. Um, it is a prequel, so he could still die in this movie. That's why he's like, I'm gonna do a prequel. So we don't know what his fate's gonna be in this movie yet. So uh, he seems to be filming that. Looks to be having fun. And then just a reminder: this is releasing Suicide Squad in theaters and HBO Max on August sixth. So um, here, as soon as we get Black Widow next month, we'll be turning around and getting um, uh, Suicide Squad like right around the corner. So mm-hmm. very excited for that. Uh, Harley Quinn, the animated show, the uh, I believe there's a producer said Warner Brothers in DC had to remove a sexual scene involving Batman and Catwoman from the upcoming <laughs> season. And this caused the internet to literally blow up slash break, Mike. I I know we hate the phrase break the internet, but (laughs) I feel like this is the closest we've ever gotten with superheroes. Well, well, you have down here in the show notes, internet blow up. And I would say that might be more accurate, right? And this this thing, this was just crazy, right? Because I think people just love it when uh, anything kind of immature and and sexual crosses paths, right? Because it's just, there's so much, there's so much cannon fodder here. But the craziest thing, right? Like whenever people talk about the sexuality of superheroes, right? Usually when it comes around to Batman, I thought the whole internet had agreed that Batman was like gay, right? Wasn't that the whole thing that the internet jumped on that like, oh, oh, he has all these boy wards that he keeps around? and like he's never dating he's always single you know everyone just like assumed that like he was just like this 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 gay yeah. superhero and the internet just loved you know making jokes about it you know yeah, and yeah. stuff like that so i mean uh <laughs> maybe the producer was just like no batman's gay he's not going down on catwoman so so, so here's what so literally uh from from the the, the producer justin halpern on harley quinn said that dc prevented them from including a scene with batman performing oral sex on catwoman and his exact response was DC replied, we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. <laughs> I think, and, I, think oh, I think the real the real answer here, right, if you cut through all like the funny memes and bullshit, right, is that even though Harley Quinn is a, is a very kind of like satirical, crazy adult uh, type style show, yep. uh, they're mainly dealing with characters that like children don't have like this uh, heartfelt connection to, right? That don't drive billions of dollars at the box office, and like they're they're B, C list, sometimes A list characters that you can kind of just play around with and have a good time. You know, uh, I'm sure there's a big 
rated M for mature every time you hit play on HBO Max so your kids don't jump into Harley Quinn on the HBO kids yeah. section or whatever. But it's just like the same thing we saw with the uh, CW TV shows, right? Like Batman is triple A S tier IP, right? You know, he is mm-hmm. only ever going to be allowed to do a certain set of things, even if it's just like a, on an offshoot animated show. I mean, people were like uh, screaming all the time to see some of these characters pop up in the Flash TV show. Like even when a show gets amazing ratings, arguably doing more effective superhero storytelling than some of the movies were doing, they still couldn't touch some of the stuff. So I think that's exactly what we're seeing yeah. here of just like, no, well, Batman's not going to do sexual stuff, you know? Yeah, we don't we don't want to have to explain this to someone later. We're going to get someone's going to write a letter on that because they people saw it on accident. Now, I bet the show could have gotten away with it if it was done off camera and it was insinuated. They just don't want the screenshot floating around, right? They don't want the they don't want yeah. somebody to actually have to render what's happening so people can screen cap it and share it as a meme. Oh. But I'm sure the script showed it more literally, right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. A scene with that is what is what he said. Like, mm. I think Harley Quinn has made worse jokes than that throughout throughout its two seasons yeah. so far. But. So. If you want to see it visually, there's a certain filmmaker out there who went out of their way to show you exactly what it would look like, Chris. Yeah, yeah exactly. Zack Snyder uh, has no shame uh, to to really hop on any any bandwagon that includes Batman or Superman uh, at this point. So uh, if you want to follow him, he even put it on his Twitter. He didn't put it on his Vero. He put it on his Twitter. <laughs> so you can go, go check that out. Other people, this has gone back and forth. This is something we've talked about going back and forth all week is um, some people are like – making fun of it some people are like yeah that's it's funny but like yeah let's just leave it alone so uh if you hear anything about batman and catwoman this week uh that is why this is this is the exact <laughs> reason and um I, I i've had to explain it to at least two people so far They're like what is this batman thing i'm like you don't really want to know because it's gonna this is how this is how he's gonna this is how Snyder's gonna get his fans to push for that uh, nightmare version of his next oh, yeah. movie because he's like you're gonna see uh, Bruce go down on Catwoman of course mm-hmm. I gotta introduce Catwoman so I don't know how I'm gonna pull that off I'm gonna need a whole other movie to do that so yeah well, so this never that hasn't stopped him yet he introduced half <laughs> the Justice League in the Justice League so um I I, th- I think he'll be fine I think he'll find a way so um yeah so that that's out there that's that's a that's a thing. Moving on to Batman and Jason property, the Titans, uh, uh, you know, the HBO Max now show DC, used to be on DC Universe. The season three trailer, uh, which I forgot to link here, uh, hints at the death in the family storyline. Are you familiar with that, uh, that storyline? Yeah, that's from the Joker Kills Robin. Yes, uh, very much so. Very, very um, graphically <laughs> with a crowbar. Uh, and this this trailer literally starts off. You've been watching Titans, right? A little bit. Um, I have been slowly dabbling yeah. my feet in it, yeah. Yeah, so in this one, it shows um, the uh, Jason. It's Jason Todd uh, walking through a, a a abandoned carnival, and then you hear a Joker laugh, and then you see someone really smacking him with a crowbar. Now, I don't think personally that um, the Titans. I mean, they've had a Batman, but I don't think they'll get to use a Joker in the in their show. Um, I, it could be like a, a their version of it, maybe like a red herring, if you will. Um, that someone else is attacking Robin, like maybe uh, yeah, Deathstroke. It is hard. It is hard to say because the the commonality between the last topic we just talked about 
and talking about Titans now is, you know, what does CW uh, or what does Warner Brothers uh, allow on screen, right? And I feel like you could argue it either way. Like, this would be a great topic for your high school debate team, right, of what should and shouldn't be allowed if you were in the position of a producer over there at DC. Because you could argue, like, Joker's hotter than Joker's ever been, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like Joaquin Phoenix, you know, uh, Oscar, Buzz, you know, all of that. Did he win the Oscar or not, right? He he won the Oscar for uh... Joker, right? I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember, but there's like going to be at least I, eight more Jokers in the next yeah, movie. Yeah, either way, I know he's nominated. So J- Joker, super hot right now, all over the place, you know, popping up again. Jared Leto as Joker in, in the Snyder Cut, right? So he should be a hot property, but at the same time, like, the Joker was heavily featured in the Gotham TV show. Nobody put a stop to that, right? And then you would say, like, we were just arguing about how popular Batman is as a character, and he was popping up in Titans, right? Wasn't it season two that he was? I don't know how heavily he was involved. Yeah. Yeah, he was like just Bruce Wayne, I think. But like there was, you know, theoretically kind of a Batman presence there. So I don't know. I don't don't know who's in charge. I don't know if they sit down and they take a vote at a table of who will be involved and not. But I mean, kind of clicking through this trailer, they very much are hinting at very real Joker, right? They show that guy's Joker grin face uh, on the screen. Yeah, they give the dead guy. Like they are are not. uh, My my fears are going to like do one of those things where they. just kind of allude to it and they don't cast anyone for it it's just like a someone's shadow in the in the back doing it and the next thing though they have to deal with robin being killed one of the robins uh-huh. uh because was it um, dick grayson's in there there's jason todd i believe they had the other there's another robin in this show there's three robins technically who've been in the show so yeah. far so i mean i'm going frame by frame right of the carnival scene where we're seeing the the crowbar move and it's totally just a silhouette you can't yeah. really tell what the character is but if you look at the motions, it does kind of seem like a like an extravagant fellow, right? You know, they're doing he's doing like these long stretchy poses of the arms. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. every everything I'm seeing on screen, right, hints towards Joker. Right. So it would be weird if they didn't at this point. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then um, it's exactly how the comic book did it as well, which was for everyone who didn't know that was that back then people got to write into dc and say does robin get to live or die and everyone killed him uh, yeah. so uh that's that's how he that's how he died so that's uh yeah that's kind of fun so um yeah uh, uh titan season three drops on hbo max now august 12th since the dc universe is now a defunct universe if you will um i actually had, i was struggling to think of where um uh, the Swamp Thing debuted the other day. I'm like, was it DC Universe or was it HBO Max? <laughs> it was DC Universe, so uh, I forgot that was a thing for a while. So yeah, it was a little confusing because then it also had that other airing on CW. So. Yeah, and then it came back to the CW. I'm like, it wasn't HBO Max, but I'm pretty sure you can go in there and watch it now. But oh well, oh well. More set photos out in the open. Miss Marvel. We get to see her in her outfit on set using her powers pre CGI. So this is very, very funny to look at because she's just kind of holding her hands up. But she's got her outfit on. This is classic Miss Marvel. Um, and they're going to use her hands and probably make them stretch and embiggen like she always does. Yeah. It would be really funny if they just she, she just had, like, big foam green fingers on it, right? Like, we'll yeah. change it out in post, but we got a track of the fingers. Um, yeah, no, no stretching happening here yet. Yeah, no, no, not for sure. I'm pretty sure this is almost done filming if it's not com- completed already. And this is, like... Uh, a newer set photo making the rounds because this looks to be like maybe someone who was like in the crowd taking a photo as well like rather than a 
or like in the, the the production rather than actually someone like at a distance it looks like yeah so. i'm really i'm really curious what these powers are going to look like right because this is the first time like if you think of like reed richards and miss marvel the the ability to kind of get big and stretch is like very cartoony right it yep. it, makes, it makes so much sense in a comic book panel and also it's fun to draw in comic book panels because you can draw the arm stretching across like the full page layout going through a crowd doing stuff like that so how is it going to translate on screen right especially in a universe that's somewhat grounded in reality like the right. previous fantastic four movies you know you know, had a man dressed in an yeah. orange costume, right? Like the guy from the shield, he well, was the thing that like nowadays that would be CG. It, so this will be our first kind of chance to look at like, Oh, how is Reed Richards going to operate yeah. once he makes it to screen? Well, yeah. We, we don't have a lot of, uh, a lot of like body, you know, changing people in the MCU. Right. I mean, at most mm-hmm. it was Ant-Man and giant man, like Ant-Man giant man was about as much as it goes. And now we're isolating different parts of her body as she uses the embiggen and the in the stretching and changing mm-hmm. poly uh was it polymorphism or whatever it's called yeah mm-hmm. so there's a lot of opportunity here now i wouldn't say how will reed richards look hopefully it's a little different and you know that the the movie budget's a little better than their disney plus budget across this but it's going to be interesting to see you know, these people if she is in fact inhuman uh, and also with the upcoming instruction of the x-men will look different they, these will not just be humans in the in the universe anymore or in this mm-hmm. world on earth uh, that that are just standard people looking so um very interesting i'm, I'm excited for this are you, i mean you, you feeling any better about it you ready yeah I, I mean it's making me just like think of uh team-ups in the future right i would love to see two people with similar power sets chat with each other mm-hmm. you know miss marvel and reed richard just sitting down or i guess kamala and reed sitting down having a chat about you know <laughs> Isn't it fun to stretch? And then at the same time, you can think forward to, like, the thing chatting with, like, I don't know if the – who knows if the how long the Hulk's going to be around, but, you yeah. know, talking to She-Hulk or another, like, big character, but it could right. be fun. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity here. And then also Miss Marvel will be making her um, cha- uh, transitions of movies in the Marvels as well, so mm-hmm. knock on wood. What if the animated series from Marvel on Disney Plus is coming up? And uh, there is a rumor here that the Killmonger episode, because he's been in a lot of the promo art, will Mm -hmm. actually feature him not going after the Wakandan throne like he did in the movie, but go international instead. Uh, He apparently will be working with Tony Stark, and we think the the connection there is because they both graduated MIT and are about the same age. Uh, when Black Panther rolls around, so mm, they're, they're they're just going to different uh, high yeah. schools and recruiting people. It's not going to be action packed at all. They're just yeah. going to be sitting down with counseling sessions. Yeah, yeah. Going like, oh, would you like to go? Well, because you know he has that whole scholarship, right? That they talked about in Spider Man Two, uh, um, Far From Home. So yeah, they're just doing scholarship yeah. tours. Yeah. That's well, all. It and, is. That, and that's how he started what in Civil War. He's like, we're funding all of your projects. So they're just going around. They're going to science fairs. They're they're just going to science fairs. They're <laughs> yeah, they're blocks. science fair judges, and it's just like kind yeah. of like a buddy sitcom, no and, action at all. And this is how they find Reed Richards at a science fair. Oh wait, oh, this is my Fanforsic. God, this is Fanforsic. <laughs> oh, I'll cut it out. But yeah, I, I think um, you know it's interesting. You know, uh, again, uh, Killmonger has been on literally all a lot of the promo art, promo images, but he's been in the same outfit that he was in whenever he got into Wakanda. Um, mm-hmm. So it's more of his. Um, I guess mercenary look, uh, if you will, so that, that he'll be using. But I'm excited. My, again, they they said uh, pretty much every actor who was in the movies will be voicing their character returns, and I have a huge theory on this what if stuff that we will talk about later, Mike. Ooh, so, okay. So we'll dive into that. 
Did you buy your tickets for Black Widow yet? You, you no, can't. not yet, not okay. yet, not yet. But we'll we'll figure out something. All right, all right. Well, social media reactions are online for the upcoming movie. Yeah, I saw that. Where are these coming from? I saw some people that uh, may or may not be critics talking uh, talking about the film. I'm like, uh, we are a little bit of ways, right? You know, usually like what a week or two ahead of time, you yeah. might start to see something, but this seems a little early. Chris. Yeah. I think it's early uh, because no one's been to the movies in for so long. Uh, and this movie has been hyped up for about a year and a half now. Uh, so I think they're doing it a little early to remind people that black widow is coming. Um, but a lot of them aren't really necessarily reviewers, but maybe, I mean, I saw a lot on like the, the places I get our new stuff. People were, were compiling the reviews uh, uh, they are spoiler-free reviews. Thankfully, the embargo for that is still up. But it's interesting. Again, like I said, like what, three weeks out, um, a little under three weeks out for this movie. So, I really wish they would they would wait till later. But I understand they need to get people to go out and buy tickets to go to the theaters. Well, this also this. kind of maybe lends a little bit of credence to the fact that there might not be a whole lot of spoilers in this film, right? You know, since it is a prequel. We know where the major character ends up, right, eventually. Yeah. So maybe they're like, okay, I think we'll be a little safe here. Like, I still want to know what the reveal of who Taskmaster is, right? You know, yeah. is it going to be a, a celebrity casting? Is it going to be a character we've seen before? So I definitely don't want that spoiled anywhere out there. But beyond that Taskmaster reveal, I'm not really expecting it mm-hmm. to have, like, some sort of crazy post credit scene or, you know, anything like that. But uh, that's really what I don't want spoiled. So yeah. maybe I need to go in and start muting things like Taskmaster and Black Widow on my timeline. That'd probably be pretty smart to do that, and also go ahead and k- get your uh, Shang Chi uh, uh, blocks ready as well for anything yeah. that comes out. Right? <laughs> Good idea. Uh, um, but tickets are available for Black Widow. Buy it uh, if you're going to theaters. I'm going to theaters, and I'm going to be buying it also on Disney Plus Premier Access. I'm paying double thir- dipping. I am, so I can watch as much as I want. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that, you're not really double run. dipping as much as you're buying two different dips. Yeah, and I'm going to dip in this container and dip in this container. Yeah. I've got a single use container, and then I've got a recyclable one. I'm going to watch it at home. So yeah, uh, there you go. Over and over again. So yeah, I literally bought theater seats at the theater for this, and then theater seats at home to watch it over and over again. So we'll be we'll be jumping into that uh, that uh, second weekend in July when it comes out. I think it comes out July 9th, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For that, 2021, 20, right around the corner. Uh, Tyrese Gibson has been out talking about Morbius because he's in Morbius, and it sounds like he might be the stupidest person uh, <laughs> in the movie. Um, what did he say, Chris? I don't care if he, this movie gets spoiled to he, death. It did. What did he say? He, Tell me. He's not spoiling the movie. He's like, yeah, this movie is definitely in the MCU. And then the interviewer was like, are you sure? He's like, oh. yes, this is in the MCU. And, he, <laughs> and then everyone's like, and then he is also like, this movie will be coming out next October. And everyone's like, okay. Sony and Sony's like, it's literally coming out in January. Like, <laughs> like, oh, like, no. Like, he's been in the Fast and the Furious franchise for too long. He doesn't know where he's at or where he's going. So this is also another one of those primo examples of actors do not know anything right their agents and managers do everything they get their sides and scripts you know ahead of time they show up to set and you know maybe if they're a big build actor you know like a robert downey jr something who's taking a headline character they'll put more of themselves into the role and they'll make it more of their own right especially if they have some sort of like profit sharing involved right but like yeah this is just like Oh yeah, I know everything. It's just like you don't know anything because you're just showing up and doing a job. You don't you don't know yeah. the nuances. He, he, and to be fair, no one should be asking Tyrese these questions anyway, right? Yeah, yeah he, like he does. He wasn't in the whole movie. He's in a couple scenes. Yeah. Uh, he, also, the um, 
it, it was it was supposed to be in October of this year, several times ago before it got <laughs> delayed. So for that, so I, I think you know, he could be operating on old information. But he was like, yeah, it's 2022 October, and everyone's like, <laughs> dude, you are just way off the rocker here. Uh, but Sony did come out and they're like, okay, no, this is on track for January 28th and it's part of our cinematic universe for Spider-Man, whatever that is. Um, so far we've got Venom and we will have Venom 2 by the time this comes out. So we'll see kind of how it goes. Um, I'm, are we expecting a trailer anytime soon? I don't know. No, let's ask Tyrese. So you yeah. should know. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go give him a call. I got, a, I got yeah. his number, so do that but i'm gonna say in that lane in the in the sony cinematic universe talk about craven a little bit the Mm. reported villain of the film is the spider-man foe the chameleon the chameleon i'm familiar with this character was featured in the 90s animated uh, spider-man cartoon the one that kind of uh got me hooked on the marvel universe in general uh cinematically i don't know how exciting the chameleon is but if you're talking about craven who He may have had different versions of himself throughout the comic books over the year, but as far as I know, unpowered character, right? Normal human, uh, Craven. Uh, So I guess he would need somebody else kind of maybe lower tier to kind of hunt. And it makes sense. The the chameleon changes changes their looks into other people. Sounds like a perfect prey to hunt down. So yeah, Yeah. those two work work together in my head. Yeah, so that's why I said, like, someone could hire Craven. Like, we have an infiltrator. We don't know who he is. It's a chameleon. Like, then we kind of find out it's a chameleon. Uh, In the comic books, a while ago, the chameleon and the um, Craven were... um, one of the storylines they had them as half brothers as well so <laughs> don't, uh, you, don't you just like love comic books like that because like you're just like oh, i need something to write let's just do something cool i want to add to lore because i haven't added to lore in a while um, yeah. okay they're gonna be brothers and then you have like some sort of like a uh, fact checker go back into the history of marvel will you just check and see if these people could possibly not be related and yeah. if so i'm just gonna make them related well exactly that, stu- like, that stuff's always my, fun. my guess this was like someone so like one issue in like you know 1979 or something like that where like um, yeah, we had the same mother or same father or something stupid like that. And you're like, okay, that's fine. And then like, yeah, that, that they've probably wrote, I mean, writing movies <laughs> about related people and like, oh my gosh, it's all about family. Like it's fast and furious kind of stuff now. Right. <laughs> well, oh man, we're going to be dealing with so much familial stuff. Uh, once, uh, kind of Kang hits the ground running. Cause yeah. He has a lot of weird possible relations to either like Doom or I think Reed Richards uh, yeah. possibility. So uh, I, I think the safest thing is to strip a lot of that away and just have Kang be Kang without yeah. any uh, uh, relations. Uh, but, yeah, don't, you know, different if versions Kang of Kang. To, yeah, if Craven yeah. wants to, I said Kang because I was talking about it. If Craven wants yeah. to be uh, related to the chameleon, so be it. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Oh my gosh, you're hunting your own brother. This is literally the the, the plot of Fast Nine, is it not? Is this, is this Fast <laughs> Nine not the the Toretto brothers fighting each other? Uh, no, there's there's less uh, animal print involved in that though. Yeah. Surprisingly, you'd think there'd be more animal print in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, is it, do you think they like you know, print up the cars? <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh. Well, after they go to the space in the next movie, they got to go to the jungle. They got to oh, go yeah. back terrestrial. 
I thought the last one. Was, no, what's that? No, Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious is supposed to supposedly uh, mash up with Jurassic Park, right? In some sort of oh, future God. fantasy of uh, all moviegoers. But wouldn't it be great if that's how the franchise moves forward? It's just basically add cars to any movie. So they eventually, once they go to space, they slip through a wormhole and then the cars land on Pandora. And then it's the Avatars yeah. versus uh, Dom and his gang. Oh, man. Does it? Print it. Print it. Does Transformers... Is that also owned in the same universe as well? I, I don't. I, the thing is, the the fast franchise will just become so lucrative. It'll be yeah. like Fortnite, where yeah. it doesn't matter. They'll play with any well, IP. Just, we don't care if you're the same studio or not. Yeah, but but I'm just saying, you know, the cars. The, so the, Fortnite and Fast and the Furious. How has that not happened yet? That well, seems perfect. They they, they, <laughs> they have their their growth hasn't happened since the last Fast movie. So because uh, of the pandemic, so I 100 percent see it coming. There oh, was okay. a um, um, you, we talked about this Forza last week. There was a Forza Fast and the Furious game that came out a couple years ago too. So um, there's that. Anyway, wherever we were, Craven. Yeah, we were uh, talking. We were talking about Craven. I don't know how that got there. Uh, exactly. Anyway, Star Trek, right? Yeah, yeah. Star <laughs> Trek, Picard. The only Star Trek I've actually, other than the Abrams. Well, I've not watched a lot more movies than that. Uh, TV show wise, Picard is the only Star Trek show I've watched. I really enjoyed it when it came out. Uh, a couple years ago, um, the season two trailer drops and reveals the return of Q. Are you familiar with the character Q, Mike? <laughs> so I watched the trailer. I'm not familiar with anything in this trailer whatsoever. But the funny thing is, when you're alive long enough and you've seen enough trailers for enough IP that's been around for a while, you can tell based on the way things are edited of just like, oh, this is a reveal. Yeah. This is a character that existed long ago in this character's life. Oh, this is this is where the people at home watching it on YouTube gasp. This is the people talk about the most in the comments. So it's just funny watching something I have no connection to, but I can kind of feel all mm. of the moments that they're trying to highlight. <laughs> So I watched the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation on Paramount Plus recently, and the very first mm -hmm. episode is Picard running into this uh, guy, Q, who you saw mm -hmm. in there. And so literally that's the only other time I've seen this guy. Uh, he's like some sort of omnipotent, immortal entity who kind of like works in the, like, the dimensions. He can like, reset time and like kind of messes with people a little bit, if you will. Um, I would say uh, – not unlike the TVA and Loki, but more like a little more chaotic, if you will. Um, so uh, there's that reveal. There's also the reveal of the uh, Borg Seven of Nine, played by Jerry Carlisle, I think his name, um, or Jerry Ryan. Um, she uh, is, is normally covered in Borg parts. You know what the Borg are, like the robot people. Yeah, sort of? they like the cyborg yeah. things that are hive she, mind, right? Yeah. So she's. I, she was a Borg before in the part of the and now she's not. But now it's like she's waking up and she doesn't have any of those parts. So it sounds like there's some time travel and some timeline changes going on here because he talks, seemed to talk a little about timelines and stuff whenever they were kind of talking about like what's going on here, why is things going on. The first season didn't deal with time travel, but I definitely see like this one's probably going to do that a little bit to, to mess with uh, Picard and, you know, again, Patrick Stewart. He's getting up there in age. He can't be doing this forever. So season two. Paramount yeah. Plus this time around. No more CBS All Access. So you got to hop on your Paramounts. That's right. I'm very excited for have you Have you heard anything about that new Paramount original, like that Mark Wahlberg movie that was like oh, supposed to hit Infinite? theaters? Infinite. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard anything about it, but it looked dumb. I, I just I assumed heard it, was it wasn't. I heard it was okay. dumb. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I heard it wasn't good. So, uh, but it kind of looks dumb enough to where maybe it'll entertain me. Yeah. Who knows? Put it on the background, you know. 
Uh, I mean, it, it, Mark Wahlberg, he did Planet of the Apes, so I, I don't know if he can do much worse than that. So, but um, I, he just doesn't. I just don't buy him as a time traveling warrior. Like, <laughs> like it feels like a Highlander kind of deal, but worse. So, I don't know. Anyway, so Picard season two trailer up. Catch it on Paramount Plus if you're into Star Trek. Very excited to watch that. Mortal Kombat recently had an animated movie called Scorpion's Revenge. Um, and they are now doing a sequel to that called Battle of the Realms over at WB with the same voice acting cast. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited that Mortal Kombat's kind of getting like a revitalization uh, kind of right now. It's got a movie. Mortal Kombat 11's been out for several years, but I just got it and started kind of playing it. I was talking to someone about it. Friend of the show, Brian, this week, he was, I think he was buying it on Nintendo Switch um, and stuff like that. I mean, is, is this something like if, you know, if they go down like a Mortal Kombat animated universe, is that something you'd be more interested in than a live action yeah it would be easier to kind of get some of these concepts across right in animation you're not grounded uh-huh. in the reality of uh, human the, figures the, but it does the fights it would does, be so much better i think <laughs> yeah it does kind of feel like though like there's some sort of new executive over there in charge of the franchise of mortal Kombat of just like hey uh, we're letting our IP languish over here, not making TV shows and movies out of it. Like, we can make video games all day. People are going to buy them, but, like, go go make more stuff for us. I'm sure Amazon Prime will buy anything, right? I feel like that's how things have shifted, right? It used to be uh, Netflix that would buy anything and turn anything into a series. Now it starts to feel like Amazon Prime is that house. Uh, go sell them, a, like, a bunch of uh, Mortal Kombat stuff. So. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Maybe they're doing with their IP over yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, they're they're doing stuff with it. And I think that's fine. I think you know the the movie. Um, again, there was no tournament, but this Scorpion's Revenge had a tournament in it, Mike. And Man, that makes me Chris. Happy. So we are podcasters, and we always have ideas for other podcasts that we like to do. We never follow through with them because podcasts, as simple as they are to create, they're time intensive, right? You got to oh, yeah. sit down in front of a microphone and talk. But like, I've been rewatching Yu Yu Hakusho, right? And oh, it no. just it just gives me don't don't know me. I'm gonna oh no you. Me, <laughs> it gives me like this this little part of my brain that loves to watch tournament animes, right? Because uh-huh. it's like the perfect type of story arc. It's kind of like the sports narrative and any sort of like sports movie or TV show like mixed with anime because you have like the structure of a tournament and you know the goal that your character has and like Yu Yu Show has like a lot of these like it feels like you're basically moving from a tournament format to another tournament format to another tournament format and I mean like Mortal Kombat you have it right there on a silver platter for you and it makes me want to kind of just go through like the history of like different tournaments we we were talking about uh, Dragon Ball uh, before yeah. we hopped on the mic today tons of tournament based structures oh, in yeah. there uh that i i feel like my hero so, academia really popped off so, in that first season with tournament uh, somebody needs to make a tur- an anime tournament podcast where like every week you're just dissecting a a tournament I, arc in an anime well let me let me drop one in that we we are both fans of zoids oh are, yeah there's a tournament arc in no, there too those are tournaments they, they fight in the battle rings for the zoids in the new century and also mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I know you're not a Gundam person but the after uh, Gundam Wing there was a, a series I think it was after called G Gundam which was a G uh, Gundam yeah 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 that's yeah. a tournament arc as well mm-hmm. yeah so uh, there is plenty of tournament animes uh, <laughs> just, it's just don't steal my idea people alright I was thinking of calling it like the grand anime tournament podcast or something like that I'm still I'm still working around in my head I'll never have time to do uh-huh. it but like I don't know at least throw me a bone if it takes off right if yeah. this is giving you the grand idea yeah yeah that, that's a lot of stuff to watch but I, th- I feel there's an opportunity here to, to, to you can break it like even you can even do like 
like d- different Dragon Ball tournaments as different like episodes. That way you're not doing them all in one. But yeah. Oh yeah, no, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be all in one. You'd be you'd be hitting different ones. Like one episode would be like the first oh kind of martial arts tournament in like Dragon <laughs> Ball Z. And, does you know. does Pokemon count? Oh, that's he, a good question. He's always there's fighting like, in tournaments. Yeah, there's like thousands of episodes of. I don't know if I've ever actually legitimately watched a tournament arc on Pokemon mm-hmm. the animated series because I remember when that show first kicked off it took forever for them to really get to anything that was like yeah. tournament based he was always just he was always just lost in the woods he, he like had battling ca- a freaking Caterpie like come yeah. on just like do something else he had, he had to catch us he can't just go out with his first Pokemon and win the tournaments Mike even though mm-hmm. the first Pokemon he has wins every tournament for him I digress. Um, mm. I feel Pokemon's would be up there in, in terms of anime <laughs> tournaments. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know if anyone has any more they want to add to this list. Send it our way because I think yeah, I think there's some. Back to Scorpion's Revenge. Uh, it's had a really good <laughs> had a really good voice cast. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter who played Dexter's sister in Dexter um, as mm-hmm. Sonya Blade and Joel McHale as Johnny Cage in there. Oh, cool. uh, S- Steve Blum, who's who's like literally voiced almost every animated Wolverine, is Sub Zero, mm-hmm. and um, you know a couple couple other actors. So I think that's um, you know pretty interesting. It follows a very similar um, uh, plot line to the original Mortal Kombat movie, the live action one, where there's mm-hmm. a tournament kind of going on, and it's got all the same basic characters throughout. Uh, but the next one is 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 coming in, um, you know. Um, I don't think it has a release date, but I'm very excited to to see more of this and see if they kind of go down that road like, oh, we can make more of this because you've not played Mortal Kombat 11, but it has a really, really cool story mode where you just pretty much you fight a couple matches and then you watch a lot of CGI cutscenes. Uh, and <laughs> Nothing I would, wrong with that. I would love to sit there and just watch all the cutscenes together because it would be it'd be fantastic. So, oh, that sounds wild, man. Yeah, t- take take a look into that if you get a chance. I played I played some Mortal Kombat 11 this weekend just to do the fatalities. I'm getting better at them. Mostly because they're in the pause menu now, and you can just see real quick. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you yeah. need, right? Yeah. So Disney has officially decreed that Wednesdays are the new Fridays, and you don't get a choice because Disney rules everything. <laughs> uh, due to Loki's popularity and it being the number one watched show, I think, on Disney+, Plus, future show premieres, almost all of their upcoming ones, have shifted back to Wednesdays now. Um I've not confirmed all of these dates. Um, some of them look like they could have been Thursday or Fridays, but like Monsters at Work is now July 2nd. Uh, Turner and Hooch, July 16th, Behind the Attractions, just like seen Chip and Dale, Park Life, July 23rd. Uh, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, Batch 2, July uh, July 22nd. Oh, sorry, I'm reading them these backwards. July, they're, they're <laughs> going back two days, pretty much. All right. Gotcha. Or, or, go, or four or five days. So, um, I think this is a – there's two, two thought processes to this, Mike, and you tell me what you think of this. Okay. One, they're putting more movies out on Fridays on Disney+, Plus, mm-hmm. so they want to get their TV shows away from the movies. I think that's a fair aspect. But two, I think they're taking the wrong lessons from Loki. <laughs> uh, just because you you could put any show that show on any day of the week and it would have been popular. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not just because it would happen to be Wednesday. I mean, what do, you, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I feel like there's a couple schools of thought too, right? Because like if you remember back in the day, right, when, you know, people watched broadcast television, yep. the Friday night slot was usually like the death slot, right? Like that's where you put like your su- super niche 
like nerdy shows oh. where people didn't go out on the weekends on Friday nights. They just stayed home and watched their like nerd TV shows. Now you could say, well, Loki, come on. That's the perfect example. But Disney plus is not going for anything niche, right? They're trying to capture big audiences. So it is funny that over the years, a lot of these streaming stuff like from Netflix and everything started shooting for Fridays, but maybe that made more sense like in a binge format, right? Like, oh, we're about to give you like 10 hours of content mm -hmm. and you're going to start watching it on Friday and watch it through the re weekend. And maybe they're worried if you started watching it on a Wednesday, you'd get distracted by work on Thursday and Friday and you wouldn't get it back around to it on the weekend. I don't know. Yeah. But it is kind of funny that uh, Wednesday uh, seems to be the date that they've landed on. But uh, I don't want... Uh, Wednesdays to be the new Friday so much as I want 8 p.m. to be the new midnight. Right. Yeah. So I pop, stop popping these off in the middle yeah. of the night, especially on a Wednesday when nobody's watching them. The uh, but yeah, it, it could make sense. You know, a Friday, Friday the weekend seems to be more, uh, uh, seems to make more sense for a film why is a series can drop yeah. on a Wednesday. And also like what used to be must-see TV Thursdays, Thursday used to be the well, big night for TV. So it, I don't know. They have the analytics. They know what, know what it's saying. Well, it's, it's cyclical because, I mean, Fridays used to be big in the 90s, right? Remember TGIF, TGIF thank God, it was Friday, like television blocks. Uh, I grew up at more of a Sunday block family, right? Like the, the Fox mm -hmm. Sunday night with the Simpsons and, and you know, the animated block on, on that. I'm really surprised, you know, they didn't go with a Sunday, um, watch it on Sunday and then talk oh, yeah. about it on Monday. But no, um, they've really taken literally because of Loki's popularity. But I think the show was going to be popular no matter which day you put it on and uh, moved every other show in that regard to it. So I think this is a weird kind of deal, but, you know. We're just going to have to get... No, thankfully, like, the only show I'm really interested in here is Monsters at Work. So uh, I'm not going to be very upset about 3 a.m. drops of The Wonderful <laughs> World of Mickey Mouse or yeah. Growing Up Animal, whatever that means. So, um, it, yeah, we'll see what the next Marvel TV show is. Uh, Bad Batch is still on Fridays for the, at least the next foreseeable future. I think we're only, like, six or seven episodes in. So uh, we got that. All right, it's the end of the episode. You know what happens at the end of the episode, Mike? Oh, it's when we talk about Loki, boy. We talk boy. about the latest show, and it happens to be Loki, episode two. Boy, was it the longest week ever to get to episode two. I will tell you this right now. <laughs> it felt so strange, like, because we were talking about this on Sunday's episode yeah. of the podcast last week, and we're like, well, we're just a couple days from Loki. And then it snuck up. It's the first time, Chris any one of these things has ever snuck up on me. It was Wednesday, the middle of the day. And I think you no, it was later in the yeah. day. It was like Wednesday afternoon for me. And you text me, Oh, have you seen Loki yet? And I was like, Oh, we didn't watch Loki yet. Now, uh, usually me and my wife always watch it together and she was out of the apartment. So uh, we, we wouldn't have watched it at lunch anyway. But I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't watch Loki yet. So, you know, that could be a good or bad thing for uh, something dropping yeah. in the middle of the week. But we got around to watching it. Luckily, yeah. no one spoiled it for us. Yeah. Normally, it's going to be really hard to not talk about these or take notes now on Wednesdays to talk about them on Sundays because I'm like, what exactly did happen in between this but this episode episode again spoilers for anyone who who's not familiar with these segments uh we are um it was very interesting because the first five minutes mike uh, we needed a hero uh and i was like yeah. i was like i was like hey mike did you watch this yet and you're like no i'm like i can't tell you anything i don't want to give so, it away so just text the, me the when you do the best part about it was right when you when you start <laughs> to prime me like that i'm like oh 
what am I about to see, right? What are we going to see? <laughs> I saw some people talking about, um, I know we brought it up earlier in the, in the show, but I saw some whispers of people talking about Kang the Conqueror earlier in the week of yeah. like, oh, could he possibly appear in Loki since they're dealing with the TVA or is he really going to be keyed up for possibly the next Ant-Man movie? So I was like, okay, well, Kang's out there in the news. Maybe he's going to show up in Loki. What's going on here? So I'm keeping a watchful eye. I'm looking at all the corners of the screen, right? I wasn't expecting the audio cue to be the reason why you texted me to ask the vice. And folks, if you yeah. listened to the show last week, Bonnie Tyler strikes yeah. again, yeah. showing up, and it's just like now we're talking, we're talking three main, three big mainline things, and then that one TikTok video I saw, right? That I'm, yeah. I'm assuming some people four, also like, didn't see, but now four times in a week, yeah, still a great song. I'm not tired of it. Put it in whatever you put it in the next eight movies that I go to the theaters and see. I'll be happy to hear it because yeah. it's just great and it's just fun. But wow, that was hilarious. I jumped out of my couch, off my <laughs> couch, and I was like, it's the song. It's the song. And then yeah. my wife kind of looks at me like, what are you talking about? And I was like, all right, that's right. You didn't hear me go on and on about this song on the podcast. Yeah. But, uh, hilarious. It was a it was a really fun moment. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't, I can't tell him. Uh, and I, I tried to text <laughs> other people. I'm like, did you watch it? They're like, no. I'm like. Yeah. Don't tell Mike when you, you do. Yeah. If you don't remember, it was the song that was in like that circus tent, right? Or that tent that was at the medieval fair. Yeah. Where, yeah uh, they started playing it in the, like on a radio or something yeah, that was out where the, the Renaissance fair wouldn't <laughs> really play it normally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, that's so, where it was. So literally every, so this episode <laughs> we, we, uh, we actually get to who the, um, the variant they're hunting is the Loki variant they're hunting mm-hmm. is. Uh, played by Sophia De Martino. Um, mm-hmm. At the end, we found, and literally, like every every time in the episode, I saw them, like maybe that person's Loki. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that person was Loki. Because uh, I'm like, like I thought, like when they went to the Ren Fair, like the one girl who was talking to the 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 TVA. I'm like, maybe she's Loki. She's got green on her dress. Uh, oh, okay. So I've got like yeah, you're look you're looking for Mephisto, man. Yeah, I've got Mephisto symptom uh, <laughs> problems here. But we find out very very quickly this uh, this is it. So Loki, this one's pretty interesting because it starts with Loki has been researching and like reading about the TVA and how to essentially be mm-hmm. a time cop, if you will. And um, this has got some really funny moments in it. I really enjoyed oh, him. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, kind of uh, hamming it up in the the Renaissance Fair tent, being like. Well, what if I know that you know that I know that you know mm-hmm. that I know that this I'm going to trick you kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's just it's just great because like this is how you kind of uh for lack of a better term, beat Loki down into a character that you can kind of manipulate and have somebody else like lord over him. Because most of the time, Loki the trickster has always lorded over everybody or has had a scheme going on in the background because that's just the way it is. This is the first time once you get into the episode, I've felt him schemeless, right? Because like Owen Wilson knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't fall for anything that he's saying. He's basically dangling a carrot in front of him the whole time of like, oh, if you behave, you'll get to see the timekeepers, right? And you know, he's not giving him the time of the day right he's basically negging loki the entire episode so it's just great to see like tom hiddleston doing this performance of like trying to be like he's like playing like a whole new type of character but he's still embodying loki that we all know so and then whether or not you hate it or love it or you just think it's cliche at this point in time i love the marvel sense of humor and like you just said it's all over this episode and i love it it's so funny yeah, well, I think it really shows when they go back to um, Pompeii, right? Loki's discovered that, he, that, that his variants are hiding in apocalypses. So he's he goes throwing to Pompeii. people's cabbages around. He's yeah, telling he, them they're going to die. Tell the goat. He's like, he let the goats be free, run free. <laughs> uh, 
and he's just kind of messing around, and then uh, you know, as as the volcano erupts, uh, yeah. it, it's very very entertaining with that. I also yeah. enjoyed we got a little bit more Miss Minutes this episode. Oh yeah, kind of kind of jabbing at Loki, like messing with him at when he's at his desk. Um, yeah, so at the end of this, we actually get to go into the future. So I think this is the first time we've actually seen the future of the MCU mm-hmm. in a Marvel movie. I right? was keeping a watchful eye. I, I mean, uh, apart from the hologram that you see in the parking lot, I didn't really catch a lot of futuristic Easter yeah. eggs myself. I was looking at every sign yeah. and every aisle on every product. And then I started to realize this was like, what, in the 40s right 49 2040. yeah 2049 it might have been 46 something something yeah. like that well, it so was we're the... talking 20 years in the future and i was like well it's one of those things with with this one um that in the future i think it was like the second of three apocalypses is that right um uh, mm-hmm. that happened so like maybe they got through like one hurricane last year and they rebuilt it and this is like oh this is just kind of what we got left over so they can probably cover it <laughs> yeah. up pretty quick but, uh, yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, if you go 20 years in the past, I mean, a grocery store wouldn't look drastically different. There wouldn't yeah. be any self-checkouts, I guess, but yeah. that would be about it. Yeah, so, yeah, there's the, the rocks cart, which is funny. They use rocks on every back. So oh, background yeah, that, yeah, that's a big that's a big yeah. uh, Easter egg right there. And then we find out that um, this Loki is, like, mind-controlling all the different people. I thought she was, like, mm-hmm. body-hopping, and then you come find out she's just mind-controlling uh, without, like, from a distance, which is really cool. And then we got... The reveal that is, in fact, the blonde female version of Loki, uh, if you will. Uh, we think it's Loki. There is... Uh, some people think it might be the Enchantress, but I think it's Loki. So, um, And she's been stealing reset charges. And literally, I didn't think they'd do this in episode two, Mike. They send the reset charges back to all the different timelines to literally, quote, unquote, nuke the timeline, if you will, at different, yeah. different points in this. Yeah, I mean, props to them. I mean, this is a this is really effective writing in general, right? You know, most of the time when you think of these big moments, you're instinctually going to say like, "Oh, I'm going to save this for the end. I'm going to save this for the cliffhanger. The last episode is going to be crazy." But really, usually the answer is no. Make it happen as soon as possible because that's the craziest stuff that you want to deal with. So I'm. It is kind of cool to see that stuff happening in uh, the second episode. And also, it was just really clever of like, yeah, where should this character be hiding? in in yeah. like natural disasters because that's actually really smart because the timeline gets wiped clean you don't have to worry about the butterfly effect if all the butterflies are vaporized right yeah so i i like that really clever writing and uh i feel like i have visually seen a female loki like drawing before like, they're, from they're, a comic. They're, they're does this does this yeah. character does this character exist within the comics yeah. like and it's not just like i'm not talking like female thor that's just jane foster that puts on the costume so, like is this actually like a female version of loki or so just the, yeah, the, so this is an alternate universe of loki right that is female mm-hmm. in the comic books loki is gender fluid uh when he he dies he can come back as a child uh, a human version of Loki version or female version for a long time. Mm-hmm. There was a dark haired version of Loki. Essentially imagine like a, a female Tom, Tom looking Hills looking person forever. Mm-hmm. This blonde version is kind of, um, there was someone who, when, when Asgard was on earth, who woke up with Loki's powers, 
and her name was Sylvie, um, which is uh, kind of what they credit her as. So I, I think this is a, will be a, a, a alternate variant of Loki, though, all around. Yeah, so. I mean, she does specifically say that she hates the name Loki. So I don't yeah. know if at one point in time she was named Loki and then changed or yeah. if for the longest time people kept confusing well, her for Loki and then she was yeah. tired of getting well, or, confused for Loki. Well, it could also be... Um, Again, some people think she's the Enchantress, but you know, a female version of Loki might have a different name if Loki's a masculine name uh, in that universe mm. or something like that. And also, if you take it all the way back to earlier in the episode where we're talking about comic book authors and like other authors like writing multiverses, it's just what works best for your story, right? Yep. You know, if there's another universe of Lokis, you know, there's just a chance when that frost giant, you know, uh, uh, frost giant's womb birthed out a baby, it just popped out a girl instead yep. of a boy, you know. You know, who knows what direction that they want to take it. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's tons of this. Now, one of the things I want to take a look at is here, whenever at the end of the episode when the TVA is showing all the different timelines uh, being branched off and all the things affected i've got some screenshots of this from twitter uh -huh. so literally uh almost every one of these locations is a an mcu moment right oh i, I didn't notice that uh there was a, a location data on this yeah. little chart okay. so so the time and the data the the year and the data um is very much um, events that happen in the mcu um mm. i believe these branches are the what if shows because every one of these so far has had a what if kind of episode oh, theory around it. That that's so that's so clever. That's a really interesting thing to look at it. I was thinking more broader MCU. I thought like, oh, these are the fractures that we're going to be seeing in the multiverse of madness, yeah. and then you know see hints of it in um, in uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, they, I mean they they 100 percent could lead off this because Michael Waldron is involved literally in in all of these things. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think you know a lot of these could be like, oh, these exact moments we can tell fuller stories in the what if. Like, what mm -hmm. if you know. Uh, here, you know, you saw Loki. Now, here's what if these would have really happened if that mm -hmm. that thing spun off. So, I think that's a possibility of this um, throughout the whole thing. Now, I um, I I have been bringing this up every episode with my wife. There's very one very interesting thing with the TVA. Uh -huh. Only in the very first episode do we see someone that is not a human at the TVA. So who is that? Well, there, was, there was a scroll at the at the office at the TVA oh, before okay. before he gets a ticket and goes in. Uh, when he has a ticket before he goes in, it, it's kind of vague. But like, I think Loki has been moved into like a humanized version of the TVA. Like, there's going to be multiple TVAs all looking at different timelines down the road. Mm -hmm. I think the TVA is hiding something. Um, you kind of get that vibe whenever like what's a um, what's her name has like a high school pin. Uh, later in the episode um, judge Rinslayer. Mm -hmm. so why is everything focused on earth and humans in this in this version of the tva we know there are aliens and aliens that look different we've been through guardians of the galaxy and thor um so i'm very interested in why everything in this other than the fact it's probably cheaper and easier to explain to people, <laughs> to other people but like is there is that going to come into play like oh this is funny that everything here is revolving around earth and uh humans yeah, figures. who knows? The question I was going to broach to you is, 
what are the odds we ever get to see the timekeepers, right? Mm. You know, it seems like, like you said, with the judge, when she sits down with Owen Wilson and they're having that chat in her office, you know, she kind of speaks in a weird cadence when she's talking about the timekeepers. Like, she's like, oh, no, 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 the the timekeepers, they're way too busy. They can't deal with all this. No, 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 no. You shouldn't be talking to them. Uh, Definitely don't look behind that curtain. So it kind of seems like they either have been gone for eons, for centuries, and they've just been moving forward as what they think supposed to be happening and really nobody's making decisions like that or who knows maybe there is a possibility as much as i would love to see these kind of mythic characters rendered on screen because we've only really seen them in like you know statues it would be cool to see them but it is really starting to feel like even just with that one scene is oh they're not there anymore like this idea of loki being able to meet them he's going to learn they don't even exist anymore wait exactly i think that's they either don't exist or they never did exist this is maybe Again, I think there's multiple timelines. Like, they talked about multiple times. We've gone into one sacred timeline. Well, they're all people. They're all human-looking versions. Maybe there's multiple timelines operating independently, and we're just supposed to keep them from intertwining. And that's all the TVA does. But it's all a big illusion, right? Like, there never was the timekeepers. They they never existed. It's just a big illusion, the big secret, right, to hide something else going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think they're there. I, I think we're going to find out. <laughs> the, the Kang stuff you saw earlier this week was they, they think one of the timekeepers is uh, was Kang because in that little animated thing that looked like a Hanna-Barbera animation, he mm-hmm. was, one of the timekeepers was blue. Uh, uh, well, also, since I w- had Kang on the brain, I was looking at the statues uh, throughout the episode, and the garb looks similar to what Kang yeah. has been presented in like the comic books and even uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the animated series as well. So, uh, so you know, that, that could just be make a logical sense because he has a connection to kind of these uh, things. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking out, I'm looking out for you, uh, Kang. Yeah. You might be hiding in the corner somewhere. Well, we are only three more sleeps to the next one, Mike. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. Uh, just It sneaks up on you. I mean, that's a good thing. I'm not complaining. No. Uh, but... I know. Yeah, we all got four episodes left. This week is our halfway point, which is crazy to Mm -hmm. think of. Because this show is just, again, killing it. I think it's knocking out of the park every week, all both episodes. It's delivering. I feel better talking about it than some of the other ones even. Like, I'm just excited to see where this goes because we don't know. We literally don't know where this is going to end up. So, um, very excited. Anything else you want to add to Loki, Mike? No, I'm having a blast, man. Loving it, loving it. All right, well, that's our episode this week, folks. We are wrapping it up. If people want to know what you're doing, what you're up to, Mike, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're power washing, where can they find you? They can find me on, uh, you got me, threw me out there, Twitter, <laughs> Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, people know more what you're up to, or more about the show, what we're doing, what we're up to. When we got reviews coming up, where can they find that at? Yeah, if you want to find Chris's 1-800 number to hire him to come to your house and pressure wash it, uh, you can head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. I love our show notes. So if you want to check out all of those uh, first look photos of Supergirl, we got all of those Twitter links, uh, that Batmobile link that apparently is very elusive. Uh, that one actually is harder to find. Like if you just search like the ha- the hashtag uh, Supergirl or even Batmobile, uh, those things weren't popping up in, um, on Twitter for me at all. So uh, you want to go check out that Batmobile. It's in our show notes. Exclusive Supergirl. 
super official. So go check that out at superheroslate.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. And please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch over at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, please reach out and let us know what other animes have great tournament arcs. I might just be doing this on my own, just watching them just to see what's fun. So go uh, go, go to your inbox, uh, type up an email, superheroslate uh, at gmail.com. Reach out on social media. I want to know some more anime tournament arcs. Uh, and if you're a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, get your vaccination, and we will see you all at the theaters, hopefully, on July 9th. All right. We'll see you folks then. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Oh, my God. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I got to go listen to my own show. Um yeah. Okay, here we go. It took me longer to do this part than anything else. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm going to give you a lot of credit then on the podcast then.